Hi, I'm Violencia exclamation point, and you're listening to Grizzly Kiki. Grrr. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Daniel, and I'm right on top of that, Rose. I'm Robert, and please go vote on Tuesday. And we're here with Violencia, exclamation point, all the way from Boston. How are hey, you, Violencia? Hey, how's it going? We're good. How's it going up in Boston? Ooh, it's been busy. Halloween is, like, killing me. Ooh. So much costume making, so many gigs. Gigs, gigs, gigs galore. Oh <laughs> giggity, giggity, giggity. <laughs> so by costumes are you making just for you or are you costuming other boston girls i'm just making some costumes for uh some of my performances that i'm doing around the season of halloween (gasps) and is that something that you like typically do make you know most of what you wear so i like to try to at least make a costume every month or so Mm -hmm. i do like a lot i I work every single day in drag i do drag full time so like i can't make every single thing i wear every single time i go Mm -hmm. out but uh i like to at least put effort into making a costume for like some of the bigger events that i do that's exciting that's what i like to do too i um i make our costumes so (laughs) like three times a year that we get in drag i'm like let me start three months ahead i'll make two dresses (laughs) for you and two dresses for me and you know eventually we'll wear one or none of them or go back into other stuff i've made but it's so much fun like getting your hands on the materials and thinking it's so rewarding yeah it really is like to say that you created something it's just Mm -hmm. like kind of magical so by the time that this is live, Halloween will have happened. So is it okay if we talk about what you're making? Yeah, of course. Please go into gory detail, please. So I am going to be performing on Halloween night at Royale for the Dragathon Halloween big event with like Trixie and the Boulet brothers and ah. uh, Trinity Taylor. Oh, there's like a list. Uh, Meatball, Layla McQueen. Ooh. Nina Bonina Brown, Kim Chi, Bob the Drag Queen, wow. um, Tammy Brown. Wow. Oh, so nobody and, really. Yeah. And then there's a ton of local queens like Severity <laughs> Stones performing, Complete Destruction, <laughs> Kurt Powell, Andrew Barrett Cox, Neon Calypso, myself. 
uh, Phenobarbital. I'm just trying to, I'm trying, don't want to leave anyone out, but yeah, it's a huge event and I'm making like this giant, um, I'm going to be a pregnant demon who gives birth to, uh, three baby demons. <laughs> They're going to be my little children. And I know this, it's a precious. It's and precious. this is all coming out of your costume. Yes. Yeah, so mm. I'm going to be on a giant step ladder. So I'm going to be like probably like 15 feet tall. Okay. So I made this like giant skirt and a huge pregnant belly and these like three umbilical cords that my baby demons are going to be attached to. And they're going to come out. And there's like a little choreographed dance. Oh my God. I hope there's a video. Oh, there, there'll definitely be a video. Oh. And my dancers are uh, Raquel Surprise, Civilization, and Harlow Havoc. And Raquel Surprise is the choreographer. That name is amazing. Is incredible. Raquel Surprise. Yes. That's. <laughs> Come on, French pun. Hats uh, off. I don't speak French, but she told me it's a pun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that brought me so much joy. <laughs> she's great. She's like, she choreographs like all the numbers. I Whenever I do a dance number, she's basically like the person who always wow. she teaches dance for a living so she's a choreographer that's so exciting <laughs> so uh, is choreography something that you want to that you want in all of your numbers or is it just like for special occasions it's for special occasions like okay. usually when i do an event at royale which is like a huge nightclub here in boston um it's usually a choreographed group number wow um and we've seen you perform on a stepladder before I is that like, is say... that a theme <laughs> I, you know, that's like the only other number I, I don't, well, so I guess I have like three numbers that I do on step letters. I just like to be so tall sometimes that I like just like take over the whole stage. Uh, my friend <laughs> Emphysema Menthol 100s, who actually, I, first, <laughs> I know we all have the craziest name. I can. Uh, so she hosts No that Filter work. with me. And originally she did a number maybe back in 2013 and she did um, Bjork, All is Full of Love. Right? Is that the name of the fucking song? I think so. Uh, yeah, so she did that song and she <laughs> took up the whole stage. And ever since then, like, I just got so inspired by that. And, like, you know, we've done numbers together. So originally that number that you saw, you saw it at, at Nightgowns, right, with yep. Neon? Yes. So originally I did that number with Emphysema. And she was the one underneath the skirt doing the Nicki Minaj part. Oh. So that was kind of like a redo of a number that I've done in the past. And Neon just wanted to be like, hey, I want to showcase my my like friend. You know, mm -hmm. me and Neon are like best friends. So she really wanted to just like showcase me. She's like, what's something that you're comfortable doing? What's something that would be like really like, you know, powerful yeah. and memorable? And I, I mean, that actually was a, a, a question that we were going to ask you about. We call it that Nightgowns performance um, because it was so interesting seeing you you know, like six feet above the ground and then out comes Neon and, you know, that she had it as part of her series of things that, what was it, things that like annoy that her? piss her off or, or something? Things that, things things that, that tick stress her, off. her out. Stress her out. That's what I, it her out. Like, I love that. And it was so interesting to see you, you in particular perform, you know, for the first time for us. And it was, it was so interesting because the concept of being on a ladder and draping fabric, like, it's it's simple in a way, but it can be quite complicated. But you're buying yourself all of this height without having to be like on stilts or something crazy. And you basically have a stage underneath you. Right. And it's like, like, how do you do you ever get down? During the, your performances? Because I don't think you got down. Not during the, not during the step ladder type one. Okay. So for the nightgowns. So usually I use like a step ladder. Mm -hmm. At nightgowns, it wasn't a step ladder. It was like a, 
a just like a ladder ladder. Yeah, it was like a full on like just like a ladder yeah. ladder. And I was yeah. I was up there and I would my legs were shaking. Like Ooh. I was like, oh shit. I was like, please don't let me fall on neon. <laughs> <laughs> or just in general. Like, please don't let me just fall <sighs> right now in front of all these people. Like I'm just glad I didn't fall. <laughs> Cause I was shaking up there. Like my legs were like like moving like a mile a minute. And I was like, holy shit, am I gonna fall? But um because that was a rickety ladder. It was kind of a rickety ladder that uh-huh. I was on. And I was like, holy shit. But um, no, I had such a good time at Nightgowns. Like, seriously, I'm so thankful for Neon for bringing me there and getting to, like, meet Sasha and, like, meet all the fi- uh, fabulous people that I met there, like Vigor Mortis and Vander mm-hmm. and, like, uh, Lipsinka and, like, everyone that I met there that night was, like, amazing. So inspiring. Yeah, that was that was a pretty incredible night. How did you meet Neon? So I met Neon. Um, she came into All Star Mondays, which is a night that I host. But back then I was hosting the early show. And she wasn't even in drag, but she was like where she was like in an outfit. She was in a look. She was in a look. Okay. And I was like, do you want to perform? You look like you want to perform. Like, <laughs> I've seen I saw her dance before. Like, she looked like she wanted to perform. And so she's she decided to perform. And ever since then. She's been, you know, she blew up. She's like, she's a thing now. She's fucking Neon Calypso. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so proud of everything Neon's done. She's like my best friend. So yeah. Well, she sang your praises when um when we interviewed her. Gosh, I even even know how long ago it was. was A year. It was about a year ago. Yeah, because it was right after Bushwig. That's when we that's when we saw her, and we also interviewed her before her number, and we were just blown away because we hadn't really met many or i think any boston girls at that point right and so you know she was just like flitting about and we're like hey can we interview you and then you know when we know that's her... not at all how it happened neon came over <laughs> and had the so the part of the reason i mean her performance is obviously a reason to fall in love with her but i fell in love with her personality because you were interviewing somebody else and neon came over and was talking to me about like anything and everything oh and i was just like you are a warm human being and i want to really spend is. all of my mm-hmm. time with you and that's why that's why oh. we interviewed her. <laughs> See, I just I mean, I'm oblivious 90% of the time, so I'm just like, "Oh, this person just showed up." Um, but yeah, she she talked about you so often during her interview that we, you know, have been following you since and Aww. it's been very interesting seeing the things that you do. So, so yeah, so you two are best friends, and how do you yeah. find that you you support one another in terms of, you know, like being sisters in in the the uh, like in the drag community in boston well we we hang out like pretty much every day so Mm -hmm. like you know she hosts a lot of nights i host a lot of nights so like we help each other out like we book each other and you know we're just like sisters we're fucking sisters (laughs) (laughs) when it comes down to it we just help each other out if she needs to borrow something of mine she's totally more than welcome to you know i've been doing drag for almost 10 years now yeah in december it will be 10 years so I have a lot of drag. So I have two, three rooms filled with drag, actually. I have two drag rooms and then a fabric room you and then a, a bedroom. fabric room? <laughs> you have four rooms? I have a six-bedroom house. Oh, shit. Uh, oh. That I share with my boyfriend, um, Helix Pinecomb, who's a photographer here in Boston, and um, another drag queen named Belle Awesome, who also has her own drag room, too. Wow. So our house is just a drag 
like Fantasia <laughs> smorgasbord. You know, every time we, we interview a girl who's not from New York, I just get more and more jealous of the space in other states because yeah, I hear like New York <sighs> is like a closet. Like <laughs> I have my fabric vacuum sealed in a Tupperware in our like entryway closet because I'm like it cannot take up any more room than that. Like yeah, where I live is like it's not bad. Like you have a lot of space for not that much money. So it's worth it. Wow. For me, at least. Did you grow up in Boston? In the Boston I grew up in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. So So I started drag in New Hampshire uh, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I didn't move to Boston until 2014. Do you remember what it was that made you fall in love with drag? Yeah. It was definitely watching um, like drag movies, such as like Rocky Horror Picture Show, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, like John Waters films uh divine was a huge inspiration just like watching all these drag like wig stock even like and all of these things like watching all these drag queens i was like that's what i want to do you know what i mean like i like was in college at one point and i was like why am i doing why am i in college like what am i doing right now i just want to do drag that's what i want to do i don't need a degree to do that i'm just going to stop doing school because it's so fucking expensive and i don't need the debt for that i'm just gonna focus on drag 100 percent and just like make a career out of it and i you know and i did <laughs> wow so you dropped out of out of college to be a drag queen and so yeah. how did how did you go from because you know as a <laughs> as like a closeted aspiring drag queen <laughs> who is scared to quit their day job um you made a big leap in doing that so how did how did you cope with the like whatever fear came up for you when you were moving from being a college student to being a full-time drag queen? I guess I was more scared about wasting money going to college than really like being scared to like fail at being a drag queen, I guess. So that makes so much more sense. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, this is what I really love and this is my passion. I got to just go for it. That's really incredible because I feel like more often than not, people like in this country anyway, we're taught to like look at college as like this this goal, right? Like you you have to get to college, get in, get out. And if you want to continue, you do. But everybody's quite comfortable going into college and leaving, you know, finishing owing I would say conservatively forty thousand dollars, you know, yeah. and and that's if you went somewhere not too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in other countries, that's just not the case because you don't have to pay for it, even the best right. schools. And I think it's really interesting that you looked at like you actually did like a cost benefit analysis as a college <laughs> student and was like, I'm going to invest this money in drag and look at you ten years later, booked and. You know, with a six-bedroom house (laughs) and a fabric room. (laughs) Oh, if I only could have seen how my life would have become. I love it. I I love every second of it, to be honest. Like, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's amazing. Do you remember your first number? I do. It's actually on YouTube. Really? I know. I'm... If you go to the eight minute and 14 second or something, I don't know exactly when it is in the video, but it's a drag queen Christmas show, Breezeway Pub. And if you go to, I think it's like eight minutes in, uh, it's Drop a Gem by Leslie Hall is the first number I ever did. Leslie Hall is like someone from Iowa who's like, she does tight pants, body rolls. She's like an internet celebrity. Oh. So funny. If you don't know her, you need to look her up. She's great. Tight pants, body rolls. 
Gem Sweater is another popular hit of hers. I love it. Um, it's, I'm, I'm like, I'm imagining the, um, the prancer size woman, but like, you are imagining her right. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But sort of (laughs) married with Kelly of shoes fame. Oh yeah. (laughs) I would say so. She's definitely like that internet, like an internet celebrity. She's proud of it. That's one of her, uh, albums is called (laughs) celebrity. Stop it. Someone likes a pun. Um, (laughs) So what was it? So you grew up in New Hampshire. Did you do you remember seeing drag at all when you were growing up? I actually don't really remember seeing much drag growing up. Besides, I remember going to Madame Tussauds and seeing the RuPaul uh, wax figurine or whatever. Oh, the one coming out of like the seashell and all that. Uh, I think it was like a fountain or something. Uh I don't know. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was... That was one of the most rem- uh, memorable moments of like drag as like being a child, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like seeing that and being like, "Who is that?" and like, "What is that? What is Ru- who's RuPaul?" You know. And I didn't really watch. Um, I'd say, well, I guess I, that is your childhood when you're like 13 years old, isn't it? Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was super into when I was about 13, 14 uh-huh. years old. Uh, so I guess that was my childhood, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my God, that's, uh, yeah. I was watching Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was like 13 and 14 because my mother yeah. was like, this is essential. You must watch this. It's important. Um, so, but I haven't come across many other people who have watched it when they were that young. Oh, so I, that makes me very happy. I was <laughs> so the I watched it for the first time when I was like six or seven years old. Wow, that's awesome. And well, the it was it was, put <laughs> in a, it was put in an interesting context. My brother was like my brother my brother's room was in the attic, and he was like, "Come up here, I want to show you something fucked up." And he pressed play, and it was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So that's so good. Wow. It's, yeah, honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, "These are my people, mm-hmm. aren't they?" It's that, like for really? for me. It's when when um <clears throat> when Frankenfurter's coming down the elevator and you just see his heel and it's just <laughs> clicking in time with the music. Okay. That is so iconic, and that was it's just something that really sticks with me hmm. about that movie more than anything else because it is fucked up, but it's not fucked up. Um, did you yeah. watch it at home or did you go to a midnight screening? I watched it at home for the first time. Okay, Ooh. but I have gone to midnight screenings. I'd say my first one was when I was sixteen. Yeah, so I was pretty young still watching, like, when I went to my first screening of a midnight showing. And that was in Virginia, actually. Wow. I was, like, on, like visiting a friend, and she was like, do you want to go see Rocky Horror? I'm like, uh, yes. And that was the night I lost my Rocky Horror virginity at the... <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? my God. Do you remember what they made you do? I didn't actually... They never... They didn't pick me, and I'm still jaded about that. <laughs> you know how they only pick certain people mm-hmm. to come up? I was like, mm, Okay. How disappointing because so Daniel and I went my first my first midnight screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show was when I was like 13 or 14. My best friend was part of a um, like a um, a Jewish youth group thing. And they decided that this was a good idea for a field trip, which I was like, how progressive. OK, um, so we went to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show and I was told I had to eat. Altoids off of another man's body, which I wish I'd known at the time that I would have enjoyed that. Um, and it was a race, and I had to eat them faster than my friend, who was on the other side of this man's body. And because I lost the race, I then had to fake an orgasm 
for some like woman who was all in my face and it was just like really <laughs> odd and sort of traumatizing so to hear but other memorable. people but memorable <laughs> but very memorable um to hear other people like for example daniel and i oh went to his first midnight screening together and i went in drag and he in, like went, old lady drag right so he went in drag and the way that they do because there were so many virgins in the theater they had them all stand in the front turn around and like i think they just said fuck no they just said you had to turn around like we all said our names and you just had to turn around and like bend over a little bit and say fuck me and then that was it but that was a pretty piss poor (laughs) it was um i'm just like what the fuck i want i want you to be traumatized the way i was traumatized and after that and they like smudged my forehead with like lipstick and i was like after all that like that's all i got to do well they don't smudge your forehead they put a v on your forehead well yeah but they it it was it was was very messed up though yeah i guess (laughs) they weren't very good at at drawing letters no it's not like it was like i got the nub like the last bit of lipstick in the tube i mean i i think we went to like a fancier because the the place that did it where so there was a theater that did it in the town that i grew up in so it was like a thing and people like came there to do it. Um, and so uh, it was like a grungy, like second run movie theater that did it. Um, so- when we went for Daniel's, it was the Alamo Draft House. And there were like, you know, waiters coming around trying to figure out, you know, which of the cheeseburgers we wanted or whatever the fuck. So it was very <laughs> like ritzy. I feel Did they like, have like the props and everything too. Yeah, you got a little bag of props oh, like cool. with a water gun. I mean, that's and, like you have to have that. Uh, news, like a sheet of newspaper, I think. I think we have like one of the water guns still around here. It was really cute. Yeah, actually. Also. Um, yeah, that it's such a it's such an experience. I actually was someone saw my I I have a Shea Coulee pin on my book bag. That's her lips, mm-hmm. and someone stopped me on the street today and was like, "Oh my god, where did you get this Rocky Horror pin?" And I was like, oh, really? This I actually have the Rocky Horror lips tattooed on my hand. Really? <gasps> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Uh, those are the best. That's one ever. of the most painful tattoos I got, actually. <laughs> on one of my hands, I have the Rocky Horror Picture Show um, lips. And then on my other hand, from my like favorite childhood movie, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, I have the star of Astaroth. Oh, have you ever uh, seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Yeah, I have. Have you, Robert? It's so good. I saw it a long time ago, oh and I don't God. remember a lot of it. Angela Lansbury uses witchcraft to fight Nazis. Like It's the best Disney movie that's available. Isn't it like also? That. I always think of that movie, and I'm like, looking back on it, you know, like, as an adult, I just think, oh, my God. Like, these were Nazis. Like, this was very heavy, yeah. you know? And it's during the Blitz of London where, like, they had to send all the kids to the country because all of the... um. All of the houses were being bombed, but it was, it was like put through this very strange lens of like, Angela Lansbury is like a hidden witch, you know, and like she brings things to life. It was very strange. Um, It's like seriously one of my favorite movies. I, it's so weird to be honest. I also used to try and make my bed fly because I thought by turning like the bed knobs and my mother was like where are the bed knobs because they would unscrew and like roll under the bed and i'm like i don't know the bed didn't fly like Um, you need the basic uh traveling spell yeah right and i you know i was i was ill-equipped i just thought you had to turn them and we'd same i Um, had i i had a bed that used to be part of um bunk beds so it had the like the hole 
mm-hmm. to turn them into bunk beds. And so mm-hmm. when they weren't, they had these little decorative knobs that went on them. And so I would turn them. A and little nothing finial. happened. Yeah. Mm. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, there you go. Too bad we weren't flying on our beds. I know. I wonder if Angela Lansbury um, would be interested in coming back and fighting the Nazis today. Like, Probably. I, we'll, we'll donate our bed. There are no knobs right. on it, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Fuck Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> right. We need um, more Angela Lansb- Lansbury's in the world. Yeah. Right. Um. So we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about your family a little bit. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. And we're back with Violencia exclamation point. And we want to know what your family support has been like through your drag journey. It's been actually really like, a, like my family has been pretty supportive of me. Um, they've come to a few of my events. They've even surprised me and not told me they were coming. And I like Ooh. look up while I'm performing and I see my parents in the audience and I'm like, what the fuck are my parents doing here? <laughs> it was kind of crazy. I'm like, good thing I'm not doing any like disgusting numbers tonight or anything, you know? <laughs> not, that, not, that they would, not that they would care, but you know, just like. Well, yeah, there's always that like, ooh. Um, <laughs> that's, in- that's so cool. Like- yeah, my parents have been really supportive. <laughs> um, they were there when I won the Boston Comedy Queen pageant. So they were there for that. They were there for a few other events that I've done. And then they were they just recently surprised me like a few months ago at my show No Filter. Wow. So at a bar then? Mm-hmm. At Jacques Cabaret. Oh, cute. That's It's always interesting when I see like a queen and her family is there like at a bar. For some reason, I just I'm trying to picture my parents doing that and I just don't. Like, I don't see it ever happening, but I think it's adorable when they do it because there are all these things that happen during the show. And typically when a queen's parents are there, they're like, you know, oh, there's a like, I don't know, like a jello shot competition. Let's do it. You know, (laughs) they're always down for that. Oh, my God. Do you remember the time my my dad and stepmother came to the one show we did? (laughs) Oh, I remember when your dad came with us to the Ritz and he couldn't get over. How, oh, can I, mean, I tell that story very quickly? There's not much. I need I want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> so, my dad who refers to our like our drag friends, our drag queen friends by like qualities of their names, not their actual names. If that makes sense? Like He's just Thorgy old. was Thorgy was who that clown one? And he, and he has this really like he has this thick New York accent. Like it, it, it didn't hit me until quite recently how thick it is. So he'll be like, "Who's that clown one? Like she's kind of amazing and she's so tall." <clears throat> and so we're like, "All right, fine. Well, we'll take you to Saliva, which is a party that Thorgy would uh, co-host every every I week." Did that show? Did you? Years and years. Oh eight years my ago, god! I did that show. Uh, wasn't it a great show though? I loved it. Like the Ritz was cool. Yeah. Once upon a time. Oh. As it was. <laughs> Thorgy and Azrea. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, may she rest in peace, Azrea. Um, 
the she character. The, the character. I was going to say, as yeah. character. No, no, alive. no. She, they, they're still very <laughs> yeah, much I with can, us, uh, but Azrea has not appeared in, in quite yeah, some okay. time. Um, yeah, so anyway, we were like, okay, well, we go to this thing on Tuesdays. It starts at midnight, and of course, my father's like dying because he's like, what? Midnight on a Tuesday? And we're like, yeah, you just you get home, you sleep for three hours, and you go to work. <clears throat> he's like, do I have to dress up? And I'm like, like in drag? No. And he said, no, no, like, do I have to dress up? And I'm like, no, like, it's a bar. So he comes, we, we take him to the show, and he's just, mar- like, loves it. And then is so taken by our friend Ms. Jade that, when like, a day later he was like, but I didn't know that there were, like, girls that did drag, too. And, and, and I'm like, what? The 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 you know your friend and first he started with I like know where the story's he, he's like he's like he's like the black one and I'm like the black one and I'm like you mean Miss Jade and he goes yeah yeah that's her and I go well Miss Miss Jade identifies as you know as a cis man when she's not in drag and he's like oh my god that was such an illusion that's and of beautiful. course it just leads to many other funny stories but now he just refers to her as the green one because he can't remember oh because because of, of Jade, Jade. yeah Jade. exactly but that was such a funny <laughs> night. Because it was like watching somebody experience this for the first time. And not just like drag, but like queer culture and gay culture all at once under one roof. It was fascinating to just see his face and like the the way he was interacting. It was great. But yeah, that's so cool. That was that. My like, uh, so when I first started drag, actually, my grandmother was like a big supporter of mine. She gave me a lot of the stuff I own, like drag clothes. And was it, like, was it her, were those her, her personal clothes? Yeah. Wow. Like a lot of, she had a lot of like sequin gowns and a lot of um, like beaded sweaters and like actually one of my favorite sweaters I wear to this day. Uh, I wore it actually at the Terminal 5 nightgowns. It was from my grandmother. Work, fancy granny. I right? She's fierce. <laughs> I'm t- I, like when you were like, yeah, gowns and beads. And I'm like, yeah, my grandmother. Yeah, my grandmother dressed that. like real fancy. She dressed like very like, um, like the nanny, like. Um, <gasps> oh, like Fran Drescher. Oh, oh, then. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just I'm imagining your grandmother at Studio 54. Oh, she's fierce. My grandmother is fierce. I love that. Has she been to your shows? Actually, she hasn't. So that, yeah, my grandmother had never gone to my show. She did support it as in like giving me a lot of clothes, mm-hmm. but my grandparents have, it's just, you know, they don't drink. They don't, mm. they don't go out. And now, and now at this point they're like 90 years old. So. Oh, right. So they're not, they're yeah. not going out to a bar. Yeah. They're at, like, no. they're like asleep right now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 such a cute story i know that's cute um so now we also want to talk about what your who or what your drag inspirations are and Mm -hmm. how how your name also came to be because it's so it's so striking so my drag inspirations uh when i first started were leslie hall who i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. she's like the gem sweater lady tight pants body rolls uh very uh kooky weird and fun love her uh, I'd say Nina Hagen is a big inspiration of mine. Uh, she was like, she's like this punk singer from the 80s. And actually, she's like spanned decades. She still has like music coming out today. Uh, I would say Divine is a huge inspiration and pretty much all of John Waters films. Mm-hmm. Is there um, a specific flavor of Divine? I really love Female Trouble Divine. Mm-hmm. 
um, Pink Flamingos, Divine, uh, Desperate Living, um, Edith Massey <laughs> as Queen <laughs> Carlotta. <laughs> Uh, I love Edith Massey. She's uh, an inspiration of mine as well. Pretty much John Waters films in general. Uh, Rocky Horror. Uh, I'm a huge fan of... I, she's not really an inspiration to drag, but I'm just like a huge fan of her music. Lisa Loeb. Ooh. She was from the 90s, very folk singer. Uh, yeah. Joanna Newsom, who's like a harpist. That's who I performed at Bushwig. Um, Fever Ray, like some new Swedish stuff that's been coming out. Uh, Fever Ray and like Yo, uh, Yana, uh, Yana Lee. Um, wow. So like all kinds I have of so stuff. many different inspirations. I can be inspired by literally anything and everything. Like I like to like be chameleon mm-hmm. of drag kind of and like. And I mean, it, it's totally reflected in your aesthetic because like when we, you know, you went, we saw you on a ladder draped in black fabric and then at Bushwig, it's, you know, your mother nature and you have like moss and, and all this <laughs> hair and are just naked. And it was so um, it, like, it, like drag queens normally just get naked, but you started there. And so I thought I like that was really naked. unique because it was, it was just so mother nature. Um, but you know, then you'll have like a headdress made of twigs or, or what have you. And it's, again, it's, it's very, um, eclectic. I think I like to change it up Mm -hmm. and like keep pushing myself further and further. And so with that, with that specific look, the the look you did at Bushwig, um, was there like, do you, do you ever, are you ever conscious of the fact that you're not wearing a lot of clothing? When you uh, I like actually that? love not wearing clothing. I feel like so many people that are, you know, just a little bit bigger or whatever, like feel like they need to cover up their bodies or cinch to the gods and mm-hmm. like, you know, and pad in the right areas. And I'm just like, I'm just going to let it all hang out and feel be natural. And like, and that's what that number was more like, you know, about was just being like natural and myself. Oh, I love that. I wish I could. <laughs> you can. I wish I Anyone could have an can. Ounce. I mean, <laughs> I've tried. You, know, you only have one body, so you <laughs> might know. as well love the one you're in, and if you and you know show it off because you might regret not showing it off later. You're absolutely right. Oh, those are very powerful words. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah. Because let's all get naked. Like I, I am like I am literally like Dolly Parton from Steel Magnolias, which I have not left the house without uh, lycra on these thighs since I was 14. <laughs> I wear Spanx every day. I mean. It's, like it's bad it's bad i cannot like and at this point i'm just like it's not even like a um stop it from wiggling thing it's like you get used to the compression of the spanx so it's like i feel weird if i don't wear them yeah but you know clothes also don't fit the same yeah um without them um so would you say that your numbers are typically funny or is that something you think about when you're coming up with a new number so uh, I do a show every first Monday and every third Friday of the month called No Filter, where I come up with three new numbers every time. And they're usually always a comedy based number. Oh, wow. Or like a like usually I write my own parodies or like or something like that or like okay. come up with a new character and like do a spoken word that I record myself um, for that show. So and that show is always comedy for some of my other shows. I do, you know, anything from like. A very serious number to something where I'm like running around like crazy around the club, like banging my head, like uh, some like heavy metal shit or like, (laughs) you know, I do like I do everything. And it really and it all depends on where I'm performing, too, Mm -hmm. because I like to like 
I know the crowds, especially in Boston, because I've been doing it here for so long that like I know what will go over well for no filter versus like candy bar on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can't do a spoken word weird thing at, at candy bar on a Sunday because it's like a dancing club night. You know what I mean? Like it's not the same type right. of crowd. Mm-hmm. Is there so is there a specific number that you love? And then I guess opposite of that, is there a number that the audience loves that you hate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say a number that I love is uh, my Wendy Thomas number. Uh, Wendy Thomas is, um, what, you know, Thomas she's the, the face of Wendy's, you know, <laughs> Dave Thomas's daughter. And I, I do. She had a singing career work. <laughs> no, I write, I write my own shit for her. I, I am like, oh, I'm Wendy Thomas and I want six Frosties. My dad would let me get anything and everything I wanted, you know, like shit like that. And like, <laughs> and be like, oh, my dad's dead and like yeah <laughs> okay, you've turned yeah. her into veruca salt i love it yeah basically like uh fat slut wendy wow. fat slut wendy that's probably one of my favorite characters to do <laughs> and the audience loves fat slut wendy <laughs> <laughs> i always knew it that what <clears throat> i'm sorry oh i always knew that wendy had like a dark you know a dark past Anybody who looks I mean, they innocent. replaced. Have you, I don't know if you've seen the newer Wendy's commercials with the new thin bitch Wendy, the one with the like red hair and she's eating her salad, laughing at strawberries. Yeah. What? Uh, Wendy, Wendy Thomas is pissed. Oh, see, we <laughs> haven't watched commercials in so long that I mean, it came out like maybe like six years ago that commercial, but <laughs> I haven't watched commercials either. But that's incredible. I never knew that they turned Wendy into like a. Like, like a, a salad girl. Like, yeah. Well, like a person. I just always, you know, Wendy's just the illustration for me mm. for the most part. But wow. Huh. Well, well. <laughs> well, there you go. And is there a number that so tip, I guess typically the audience loves what you love. But is there a number that the audience like or that people will ask you to do that? You're like, oh, I hate that number. Um, Not that I can really think of off the top of my head. Uh, do you get I requests? Do- I do. Uh, people like when I do. People have asked me to do. I do this cow number in a blow up cow suit, and I've been requested to do that number a bunch of times. You know, I actually I like doing the number though because I think it's funny. I uh, I do it too much though, so maybe some I get bored when I start to do a number too much. You know, like I do Red Light Special by TLC, and I live sing it, and I do a strip tease, and, and I work Jocks Cabaret on a Saturday night, and they just want you to do the same numbers because they're comfortable with it or whatever, and like. I don't know. I just get bored with it sometimes uh, doing the same numbers. I like to. But luckily, I work almost every other night so I can always, you know, do new numbers Mm -hmm. for those for those ones and just suck it up for the Saturdays (laughs) and do my my same old red light special set. And then uh, my cow into my milk number and then (laughs) my little mermaid thing I do. That's what I do for my Saturday set at Jocks most of the time. I love that, that you're doing red light special on Saturdays. It's like, <laughs> I love doing it. It's like, take a good look at it. It's like, it's a fun number to do. I like to sing and I like, I feel like I have kind of an iconic voice, at least here in this city where people like know my voice because of how freaking stupid it is. <laughs> like I sing and people, people like what I sing. I don't know. At least they tell me that they might be lying to me, but I didn't. So you do it as like a parody almost kind of. Yeah. yeah. I'm like a very silly version of red light special. Or... That's amazing. It's not I necessarily never... a parody because I don't rewrite the words. I, 
but the way I sing it, mm-hmm. it's definitely comedy. <laughs> I love that. I'm a big TLC fan. So me too. I own that album in second grade. Ooh. Wow. Right. wow. I was like kind of scandalous for a second grader to be listening to crazy, sexy, cool. But yeah. But uh, my parents apparently didn't realize. <laughs> oh my. I went to around the same time that uh, that album came out. I went to a flea market and they were selling shirts where they were all topless and covering their nipples. Oh my and I was God, like, yes. what? And you were like, I want that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want that one, please. Thank you. Um, that's so funny. I never thought that's like such a smart concept for a number. And I'd never, I'm mad that I didn't think of it first. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Um, so it's the end of the night, right? You've just done a gig and Ooh. you're hungry. What do you eat? Usually, oh, and this is so bad because uh, if I have food in my house, I like to make, I am like a huge steak fan. I will, I know it's like so, it's so bad to eat steak late at night, but. No, it's the best thing. I, I like to eat steak and mushrooms or in oh. rice or oh, something. Stop. I like, I like to cook that. Um, but lately and i know it's horrible ever since mcdonald's has been added to uber eats uh i've been eating a lot more mcdonald's lately which is fucking horrible but oh but sometimes sad but true (laughs) well okay hold on a second so you just whip up a steak you'll just whip up a steak well if i have it in my house yeah usually (laughs) i like to go food shopping and and i and i'll just like cook a steak in the frying pan with some mushrooms and then some rice on the side and yeah uh, it's not that hard. I mean, the only drag queen just throw it in the frying pan. Who cooks when she gets home from a gig? Well, I feel like I'm. So my life is gigs, basically. <laughs> I like I wake up at like 4 p.m. every day, like or like 2 p.m. or whatever, and then I go to bed at like six in the morning. Yeah, it's a night. Yeah, shift. that's like her work day. It's not like yeah. Daniel's comparing it to the three times a year that we do drag and no, we I'm not order talking about that. Oh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm trying saying, to make a parallel. Well, so. I mean, <laughs> all right. I'm just saying like the three times a year we do drag, we're like ordering takeout on our way home from wherever we just were. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do that yeah. a lot as well. Like I definitely order a lot of McDonald's, a lot of Alex's pizza, a lot of. <laughs> I just I want to like love Chinese myself food. the way that I want to love myself in a decadent way, the way you do where you make yourself a steak. A steak. I love that. <laughs> well, also, uh, we have Star Market, which is like a little grocery store right near Machine Nightclub where I where I work right uh and it's 24 hours and it's literally right there so sometimes I just like will go in after and I'll do a huge food shopping at (laughs) three in the morning and everyone behind me in line has like two things and they're all like come on and then I like pull out my stack of one dollar bills and paying (laughs) paying one dollar bills and oh they love me at star market do you do it in face (laughs) oh yeah Ooh, (laughs) you're the second (laughs) champagne also told us that she goes grocery shopping and face sometimes probably at the same star market (laughs) i would totally do it right next to machine you know uh i would do it in between sets and just walk into the bar with my groceries and be like hold on i'll be right back (laughs) just like set them aside i mean i've definitely done that i've definitely had (laughs) shop at star market beforehand to get some props for my numbers (laughs) like when i taped like 30 hot dogs to my body and What's sing the national for? anthem. Oh. Uh, it was Fourth of July, and I I like sing the national anthem and um, a lot of other patriotic songs like uh, "Proud to Be an American" yeah. or whatever. Like covered in hot dogs, and it was cute. <laughs> people people liked it. 
It was a very patriotic American thing. It was probably the most American thing I've ever done. I mean, <laughs> not for nothing, but strapping hot dogs to your body does sound like a very American thing to do, I think. And it tastes good, too. Right? Now, I love you... the smell of hot dogs. <laughs> are you wearing anything between your body and the hot dogs or anything over the hot dogs? I'm trying to picture you. No, I was just like naked. Well, actually, I had a pair of panties on. This okay. time I didn't go fully naked. I had a pair of panties on, a pair of heels, a wig, and about like, I, I want to say 30 to 50 hot dogs. I forget how many I actually bought, but it was like <laughs> scotch taped. <gasps> scotch taped to my body and around my face too like in a big scotch taped hot dog mess oh my god i, I can't even picture that i just picture you Instagram. in like a hot dog corset <laughs> Ooh, that sounds oh oh you're giving me ideas i'm gonna right? text that to myself don't mind if i use that <laughs> with a like hot dog corset can you imagine Ooh. how sickening that with like full cups and everything it's just like hot dogs every which way Ooh, that's like real fucking cute right oh i like god. that idea you could Maybe just be like, like a whole picnic <laughs> Maybe like a oh, French now I'm fry hungry. skirt. <laughs> a what? A French fry skirt? A French fry skirt. Oh, it could be maybe. pleated. I could see that. Ooh. I love making food costumes, you to can, be honest, or, or working that. with food uh, for for drag numbers. What's been your favorite food costume to make? My favorite food costume actually probably would be the hot dogs one. Uh, but I've also done a photo shoot with uh, Michael Charles, uh, Pamela Manderson, uh, <laughs> where I was covered. I was like had a pig nose on and I was covered in ham and uh, I had like bologna for my tits and then like pepperonis as the nipples. <laughs> and like there's like a whole like photo shoot that I did, like just like covered in ham and and other meats Yikes. <laughs> dressed as a pig. Oh. <laughs> Which probably is my favorite. One of my favorite like food shots that I have like. Wow. Fo- like photographed. Have you ever done that look for a performance? Uh, yeah. So not necessarily where I had it like attached to my body, but I did. So uh, when I started hosting All Star Monday's Late Show uh, after Lily Whiteass uh, left the the show to go to Providence and everything, uh-huh. uh, and I stepped in as the Late Show host, my first like number that I did as the Late Show host, we did raw meat theme. Uh, that was the theme of the whole night, raw meat. And then uh, I was dressed as a pig and I had people come out uh, and throwing ham at me to swine by Lady Gaga. And then they came out and puked strawberry milk onto my body. So it was like a milk and oh. meat type of number. Yeah, I'm I'm real disgusting sometimes. I'm just thinking about the cleanup. <laughs> oh, that was the that was one of the worst smelling numbers I've ever experienced it just the ham and the milk together something about it was just and milk that's gone in and it's coming back out i don't know if they actually i don't think they puked i think they just like put it in their mouths and then spit it on me but still it was still kind of that's it's not as gross yeah yeah, that's not so bad yeah (laughs) a little ham and milk yeah but i mean just the smell after it was a lot for some handle i mean i didn't i don't really care but other people I mean, I guess when it's That's on you, it's totally different because you're just like you've committed to it. Like this is my this is my smell, <laughs> <laughs> my, scent, my scent of the evening. Pork and milk. Who hasn't had a you know a bologna sandwich with a strawberry Nesquik? Mm. Mm. Yum. <laughs> wow, what an image. Um, okay, we're gonna ask you one more question before we take a break. Um, <laughs> what is the what is the biggest impact? that you feel drag has had on your life um 
the biggest impact that drag has had on my life, I'd say, is just like committing fully to an art form, you know, like take it basically took over my life, I would mm-hmm. say. Like, uh, like I said earlier, I have three rooms filled with drag. Uh, pretty much everything I think about is for drag, whether it be like for an upcoming performance or for something I'm doing that night. Uh, I live eat sleep and breathe drag it's just like literally in my veins at this point yeah i get it we get it (laughs) yeah um well we're gonna take a break but when we come back we're gonna talk about our attitude and gratitudes Mm -hmm. so stick around Mm. we'll be right back today's episode is brought to you by quip an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine the simple secret to great oral health is good technique consistent brushing and regular upkeep do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes they also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months Shipping is free, and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip, and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back, and it's time for Attitude and Gratitude. Um... Do you, Daniel, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, So my attitude goes out to aging and actually feeling it. (laughs) And um, What is that? I don't know what that is. What is aging or what is actually feeling it? What is feeling Um, it? What does that mean? So as I'm I'm approaching my mid, or I'm in my mid, I don't know. I haven't reached the halfway mark. So as I approach my mid-30s, like I'm getting healthier through all of this like good eating that we're doing, but... As I get older, I start to like literally feel parts of my body where I didn't know that you could have have pain. And it's really been getting me down lately. So that's where my attitude goes to because it's like no matter what you do to be healthier or whatever, you can't stop the aging process or like how your body breaks down. And I'm just not happy with it right now. Mm. So it's very vain, but like I'm going to go with that because... I don't like feeling my shoulder click and not knowing why. Oh, God. <laughs> I so, don't blame you. Yeah. And it's like I have a very physical job and it's like like my shoulder can't be clicking and hurting without me knowing why. <laughs> like right. it is. So anyway, it's that's just been a like a, a little frustrating point for me. So, yeah. Um, Violencia, are, are you aging and feeling it? Are you dead and loving it? <laughs> I actually just. Uh, yeah, I just turned 30 this year. Um, Aww. so I'm Love 30. made the big three <laughs> Oh, uh, I would say my feet literally hurt at all uh, moments of my life, mm-hmm. but I think that's probably from just wearing heels so much. Mm-hmm. I have like big calluses on my feet that, um, are, you know, they just like, if my, my feet just hurt constantly. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Even when I'm not wearing heels, like, you know, do you feel like phantom? Like it, it's almost like you're wearing a high heel, but you're not. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do. And I'm afraid to go to a podiatrist because they're just going to tell me to stop wearing heels. So mm-hmm. they'll right. be like, wear a sensible flat. <laughs> and the flats hurt worse than the heels sometimes, which is mm-hmm. if you're on them all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Daniel, what's your gratitude? So my gratitude goes out to the podcast Tea with Queen and Jay. Um, we met Queen and Jay recently at uh, the opening for uh, Recuerdame 
by our friend Favi Fav from Latinos Who Lunch at the Sugar Hill Children's Museum and Activity uh, Center Learning no, Center. No, no, that's not it. Um, <laughs> I forget. Uh, it is the Sugar Hill Children's Museum. The though. Sugar Hill Children's Museum of Art and Storytelling. Thank you. Boom. Um, and he basically filled this whole room with um cut paperwork uh interpreting different like um cartoons from his childhood i it's a very it was they were landscapes from mexico that were interpreted basically he was interpreting these landscapes that were um that were part of like disney films i Mm -hmm. believe it was Mm -hmm. um and so he was reinterpreting them through um not paper mache but like you know cut paper cut cut tissue paper basically nice um so we met Queen and Jay there and we talked to them for a little bit and I had just subscribed to their podcast that day and I've been listening ever since and I just I love the way they talk about the issues that they that they discuss basically about race race and gender and like again I'm I you know I'm I'm a person of color but I'm not black and so I don't you know I don't understand the experience but Mm -hmm. For people, I think, who are terribly ignorant and, you know, are are always very concerned as to why people are talking about race so much, when you listen to to Tea with Queen and Jay, it's so so clear why it is such an issue and why it, it, it's basically in everything that all of us do, race plays a role. And so I just love how they break it down and are so, like, it's not even that they don't hold back, it's just... It's done so well. Like, I, I don't know how else to say that, but I've listened to, I think, two or three episodes now, and I, like, have definitely been left, uh, like, with an impression that I, I that makes me think for, like, a day or two after or more. So, yeah, that's my, that's my gratitude this week. Yeah, their show's great. I also listen to them. Um, they're the... The episode that left a really big impression on me is their episode. It's called Damn Gina. It's about Gina Rodriguez. Well, it's not all about Gina Rodriguez, but they discuss her at one moment. Um, And um, yeah, they're a really good podcast. You should subscribe to them. Um, And when we met, um, when we met Queen and Jay, we got a chance to talk to Jay for a minute. And I was very intimidated because that's how I am when I meet people who I think are smart and are contributing something to society so i get all weird and whatever um yeah um so my attitude this week is actually not an attitude instead of giving you attitude i'm going to remind you to vote again Mm. because there is an election on tuesday november Mm -hmm. 6th um also it's my birthday on november 6th so if you wanted to get me a gift just go to the voting (laughs) <laughs> the polling places. I was trying to do that in a really convincing way, but it wasn't working out. Um, go vote. That's what I want you to get me for my birthday. And guess what? Um, Lyft and I think Lyft and Uber are doing either half price rides or free rides to polling places. You just have that's to amazing. open the app. And I think like I, there'll be like a little pop up or something that's like, you know, tell me where to vote. Um, so utilize that. That's a huge resource. And you should be using it. Um, and you know what? If you don't vote, don't catch an attitude with me. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then okay, this is a long one. My gratitude. So, because of l- listening to Tea with Queen and Jay, I have subscribed to several other podcasts. Actually, wait. Let me. So, I don't know if we've we've mentioned this. This isn't related to Tea with Queen and Jay, but um, Alaska and Willem do a podcast called Race Chaser, and it's excellent. That's 
all you need to know. It's about mm-hmm. Drag Race. It's a Drag Race recap show. It's fucking amazing. You should listen to it. But the it's most fun time. is just hearing them talk about non-Drag Race things, like <laughs> how you how, how to be professional, how, you know, like all these very, like, um, The audition process for e- season one. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's that. And then... Um, <laughs> <laughs> And then, okay, related to Tea with Queen and Jay, they um, they were on uh, Latinos Who Lunch. Shout out to Latinos Who Lunch. Um, they are our podcasting primos. Um, <laughs> and uh, on that on that episode, they recommended Marsha's Plate, which is a podcast run by uh, three trans people who live in New York City, and it's really it's a really interesting show. Um, what I find even more interesting, so. There are three trans individuals. They are they couldn't be from more different walks of life. There's um, I'm really I don't remember all their names because I just started listening. But there's Diamond, who has been doing drag and she was a YouTube personality for a very long time before starting the podcast. So she has that background. And then I believe the other woman's name is Mia. And she is dating the trans man who is the third co-host. And so the fact that they're in a relationship, it just like it brings up there are a lot of like listener questions that are all about like them being in a relationship and like their um, the way that they interact with people. And it's just it's fascinating. And I think it's a huge learning tool for those of us in the LGBT LGBT community who could use, you know, a, a refresher course as to why we need to support our trans siblings, because mm-hmm. we do we need to do that. Um, And then the other one is called Interho Uprising. They're very sex positive and they are just doing fascinating work. They just did an episode where they interviewed um, these two, uh, these, they're TV personalities, I believe from, uh, it's not Iceland. It's somewhere in Europe where it's really, really cold and there's no sun for Sweden. Yes, you're right. It was Sweden. Wow. Hmm. Um, So they interviewed these two TV personalities who are they're two black women who live in Sweden and just like their their experience of racism in Sweden and what that has looked like, you know, at work or mm-hmm. um, just like on the street. It's just it was very fascinating to hear how it's not necessarily different, but it like it's kind of like a different flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But also how like you know, the, the diversity is sort of lacking in places that seem progressive. So, um, yeah, that was really long, but I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Violencia, what are your attitudes and gratitudes? My attitude right now is with uh, the Trump administration and trying to, like, take away trans rights and define what, uh, what uh, gender is. I think it's fucking bullshit, and I think that we should all be protesting this and you know, getting out to the polls on November 6th, voting for, you know, progressive candidates and, you know, really sending a message to the Trump administration that we're not going to, like, stand for this shit. Mm -hmm. Also, in Massachusetts, there's a question on the bill, uh, question three, that is trying to take away rights uh, for trans people if you vote no on question three. Uh, So if you're in Massachusetts, please vote yes on question three uh it is trying to say that you can discriminate against trans people in public places such as like work or whatever you know and that's 
it's just I can't even believe in the state of Massachusetts that's a, that that is even on the bill. Yeah, it's so messed up. Just make sure <clears throat> if you are in Massachusetts, yes on question three, mm. and you know anywhere that you are, make sure you're out at the polls voting on November sixth. It's so important. Yeah, this is a really especially this time. Yeah, and do you have a gratitude? I'd say my gratitude is just you know my community here in Boston just being so welcoming to everyone. I feel like like especially at like my my show All Star Mondays, I feel like it's it's literally a family there, and and I'm appreciative of everyone that comes out every week and supports and like and how we've all grown as a community together and like because you know I've been going to that night for like eight years now and i've seen so many like mm-hmm. so much growth from everyone so many new people starting and like it's just kind of a beautiful thing seeing my community you know grow and like come together and i you know i just really hope that like this election goes well and we're all like safe and our trans brothers and sisters are safe and yeah. i you know i'm just worried you know yeah absolutely. yeah it's just a, a weird Heavy shit. Yeah. It's it's Sorry. it's a weird time. No, I mean we need to be talking about this stuff because, you know, as Especially allies, with election day coming up, like what, at this airs November second? Yeah. Yeah. So this is like four days away. So Yeah. It's really important that we are conscious of the struggles that our trans siblings are going through. They they need support and mm-hmm. we need to be there for them. And, you know, they they need to know that that as as the other letters in the rainbow, we're going to be there for them. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of the members of our community either just don't care or don't know why they should care. And I I mean, mean, it just starts with, it starts with trans people and ends with everyone, you know, like anyone that's different, anyone that's different, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trans, trans people are the reason why I'm alive today. Why, you know, Mm -hmm. Daniel and I were able to get married. Like, all of basically all of the freedoms that we have why i'm allowed today. to do drag you know yeah. like yeah exactly it's because of trans women of color yeah it's um it's a huge thing and so we need to we need to support them mm-hmm. we need to be there for mm-hmm. them so yeah. um so that brings us to the end of our interview thank you so much for doing this with us thank you for having me this was gorgeous yeah it was fun um why don't you tell our listeners where they can follow you uh, I'm on Instagram at Violencia exclamation point. I'm on Facebook at as Violencia exclamation point. Uh, Twitter V underscore exclamation. I think that's all my social media, right? <laughs> <laughs> Venmo. Oh, yes. My Venmo is Violencia exclamation point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very easy to remember. Violencia exclamation point. <laughs> C-I-O-L-E-N-C-I-A-E-X-C-L-A-M-A-T-I-O-N-P-O-I-N-T. Yes. In case you forgot. You did that oh. so, there were so many letters. You did that so smooth. Yes. Oh. I love it. Dang. Oh, she wants them to get it right. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. I would have uh, been spelling it out in the air. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're Grizzly Kiki on everything that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So follow us. Oh, and we're now on Spotify. Yes. So you can also go there to listen to us as well now. Yeah. When it's you're amazing. done listening, to, when you're done listening to Cardi B's new song, you can just listen to us. <laughs> um, send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours on the air. 
And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And once again, go out and vote on Tuesday. I know we've reminded you like five times, but it's important. Um, And then remember, Lyft and Uber are offering half price or free rides to polling locations. So you have no excuses. Open the app and go Mm -hmm. vote. Get up early, go before work or go after work and fill out your thing, your ballot. Yeah. It's so important. And it's your duty to Mm -hmm. your trans brothers and sisters. Yeah, exactly. Do it. So until next time, bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>